The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. Good morning and welcome to another Dhamma talk from Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Sunday morning Dhamma talk. So, um, yeah, so I'll just quickly introduce myself. Eh? So my name is Venerable um, Chunda, and um, I've been a monk for roughly 10 years. Eh? So this is my, I think this is my fourth talk eh? at Newbury Buddhist Monastery. Eh? So you see, um, after the Dharma talk, eh? um, who we request for any any question answer la. any any questions la. okay so um we can start the talk yeah. so i'm just going to just, just just chant give a quick chant quick chanting namo dasa bhagavatu halatu sama samputasa namo dasa bhagavatu halatu sama samputasa Namo dasa bhagavatu alahatu sama samputasa. Hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so the, the monks and nuns at Newbury Buddhist Monastery, we just came, finished our rains retreat wasala. Um, just um just two days ago la. so um yeah so the monks um out of our three months retreat wasa so usually those during those three months retreat la, um we stop all work um and we need to do what is required in the monastery yeah? and we spend most of our time uh, in the in the monastery just to mainly just to practice study and to basically just Deepen our meditation, uh, deepen our practice. Uh. So those um, three months uh, range retreat wasala is a is a quite a special time for the monastic. Uh, because you see, outside the three months, uh, uh, we are working hard and doing a bit of teaching, um, doing a lot of work. And Newbury Buddhist Monastery is quite a new monastery. We are roughly about six years old now, and um, I remember last year. Uh, there was a lot of building happening, uh, so uh, we were starting our construction uh, of the um, the new monks monastery uh, or monks area. So I was here last year for the wasa, and um, it was a bit more busier uh, than uh, than our usual wasa. Uh. So that was my, my first wasa and Buddhist Newbury Buddhist monastery last year, uh, and uh, I was staying here for the wasa. Uh. I stayed for about a year last year. Uh, and during the wasala was was in the middle of the um, building building construction uh, of the of the first stage uh, of the monks area uh, new monks monastery uh. yeah so um this year we basically finished construction of the the monks area uh. so we got new kutis uh, a new um, sangha house where the monks move in uh. so this year has been a very special year uh, for me uh, after um supporting this project and helping the OPC uh, and support the community. Uh. So um, 
So this is my second wassela and Buddhist Newbury Buddhist Monastery. Yeah. And it was a very special occasion for me. Yeah. Because I came here mainly to support the community yeah, and also support one of my friends that was the leading monk here. Um, so I came to support this community and support, I helped my friend. But um, within roughly two years, he he was, I think, overworked. So he basically resigned. And um, and the community here asked me to um, um, support this this monastery and take over the project. So later on, I I asked Ajahn Brown to invite other monks from Bodhiyana to come over and to support this community and support this project. So um, Monty Matito have a good building background because he, as a lay person, he was a um, he worked with his with his with his dad, his own family business, as running a construction business. So he took over the project here and um, and oversee the the building of of the monks monastery. So hopefully next year he'll be back here again to oversee and also um, take care of the the um, construction of the new retreat center for for the lay community. So that will be a very exciting project next year. Yeah, so coming back here this year, um, staying here for the second time for the Wasala was a very special occasion for myself. But after working, supporting this community for five years, coming back here and seeing that the new Kutis, the new Sangha house was built and completed. And also have this great opportunity to stay in the new buildings and new accommodation. One of the things that I added onto the project was to build a um to to basically put in plan uh, with the help of the um subbuilding committee, the the Sangha house. But the the original plan was the the this, the monks area will be at the retreat center. So I decided it's good for the monks to have their own place. So it's more quiet. So sometimes for monastic, it's best if they um, be around other monastic. So the Sangha house was added into the project. And the other thing that was added was kutis. Kutis that was built. There's five kutis and one kutis for a senior monk. So that senior monk's kutis is called Ajahn Brown's kuti. And in that kuti, we added things like um, a shower um, and toilets uh, in, within the kuti. Uh. So that way, the monastic can have a maximum time uh, staying in those kutis. Because in the main monastery, in Bodhiyana Monastery, it's a very simple monk's hut uh, or monk's kuti, uh, where the monk stays there. They, they live in those kutis. They practice and meditate in those kutis. Uh. But when it comes time to uh, shower or go in the toilet, we have a um, a shower blocker or or evolution blocker where the monastic will go down to the shower blocker um, just to um, yeah take a shower or do the business. So I I find that sometimes if you have a um, a community blocker or evolution blocker, you end up it can be very noisy and there's a lot of moving up and down during the wasser. So one thing that I added to the new kutis here is to have the kutis have their own showers and toilets. So that way, the monastic can spend a maximum time by themselves and don't have to mingle with other monastic. So staying in this in 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 the wasa here was very special 
for myself and other monks that came here. And um, on the feedback of the of the sangha here, they say this is probably one of the best um, monastery they ever stay in because it's it's quite comfortable and they're quite alone. And it was very good for the practice. So the feedback from um, the monks that are staying here for the first vasala in the new monks area was very good feedback. And a lot of the monks have very good practice. They say that this one the the um, they have a very good retreat and good meditation here. So I'm, I was quite happy and quite proud of, of the, um, the feedback from the monastic. Yeah, so um, yeah, this, this three months Vasa was a very special occasion for, for all the monastic and also our lay supporters are staying here too. Mm. But all good things have to come, come to an end. So we just finished our Vasa two days ago. Mm. So um, yeah, so the monks and the nuns and the lake, lake, lake community that's staying here, we're back to our normal duties uh, of getting things ready for the fire season and um, just making things are done. That's the day, daily running of the monastery. Mm. But it's quite interesting yeah, sometimes when you look and reflect back, yeah, the, the, mon the monastery is a very peaceful place yeah, just to practice. And um, it's like we move away from just a lot of the worldly problems up there. I mean, sometimes once in a while, I'll check the news and see what's happening. And every time I check the news, I realize that, wow, there's so much um, confusion, chaos and uncertainty in the world. And I go, geez, what a big difference out in the world compared to the monastery. Uh, in the world, there's still the ongoing uh, coronavirus problems and uh, the virus is spreading again all over the world. Uh, and also we're having um, a second lockdown in Melbourne. But things are managing now. Uh, so hopefully um, we'll recover from the, um, from the second wave in Melbourne. Uh, so hopefully things will improve. Uh, but for the rest of the world, uh, they're having a second wave. Uh, so they're having a lot of problems. Uh, so the from from what the government is saying or the economists said it will be a worldwide recession. So it's a lot of uncertainty. And one thing that I was checking the news, there's been a war broke up in two countries. I was going, wow, all this problem never ends. And we have problems with climate change too, with pollutions, with bushfires all over the world especially in, in Siberia, wow, and um, yeah, those things are getting worse out there. Then uh, you got um, the ocean that's filled with um, plastic pollutions, and some scientists reckon uh, in the future there might be more plastic in the ocean than fish. Uh, oh dear, uh, yeah. Sometimes as a monastic we wonder why things are like that in the world, and the reason for that is because of greed, hatred, and delusion, or basically delusion is basically ego. Uh. These are driving uh, the defilements in people's heart and mind, and it's, it's driving all the problems in the world. Mm. So when I was a lay person, uh, before I became a Buddhist, uh, I used to see all the problems in the world and the problem with my friends and the problem with myself. Uh, and I used to get very depressed and upset uh, and also angry uh, with what's happening. Uh, in the world, then with my friends and also 
that's the way that I, I am. I'm not good enough. I'm not trying better, trying uh, my very best in life. Uh, so those kind of thinking actually made me quite unhappy and depressed. Uh. It's only when I started um, studying Buddhist similar meditation, I realized that all this stuff comes from the mind because it's the defilements that was driving our unha unhappiness and discontentment in our heart and in the mind. So one of the um, very first um, Buddhist book that I read uh, was the um, Dhammapada. And uh, when I read the Dhammapada, uh, it actually made a lot of sense to me. Uh, so the the two first two first verses of the Dhammapada, when I first read it, it just made a lot of sense to me. And I got very interested in um in basically in Buddhist practice and Dharma practice Buddhist teaching. So the first verse of the Dhammapada is the mind is the forerunner of everything. Mind is the chief. So a mind that is tainted by um, greed, hatred and delusion will lead to unskillful or evil acts or karma that leads to um, bad action, bad speech and an impure mind. That's a great source of suffering. So it's like when we make bad karma, it's like a a cart with a wheel, wheel of the ox, ox, a cart of the wheel ox, of, of wheel, the pull by an ox, wherever the ox pull, the cart, the wheel will follow a person that is um, doing unwholesome karma, wherever they go. So whatever a person do, if they do um, unskillful action, body and speech, Go follow them wherever they go. So that's so basically making unwholesome karma. But the Buddha also say that if someone live a good life, the mind also is is a source of great happiness. So a mind is a pure mind that leads to good action, good speech, and a pure mind is a great source of happiness to the heart and the mind. So it's like whatever we do by by our mind, body, speech and, and mind, it's like a shadow that follows us wherever wherever we do, wherever we go, that would never lead us. So when I read those two verses of the Dhammapala, it made a lot of sense to me here on our Buddhist practice. And it brought a lot of happiness and joy to my heart. So, yeah, so this, the last three months uh, during the Rains Retreat, uh, we met the monastic and also the lay, lay guests here. Uh, we usually uh, spend our time in our kuti. Uh, so we devote our time in Dharma practice, uh, study uh, and meditation. So um, we cut down in a lot of work and uh, sometimes um, for the monastic, you see we have um, two meals a day, uh, breakfast and also lunch. But during the um, 
the Vasa period, uh, the three months range retreat of basic meditation uh, practice uh, and um, basic solitude. Uh, um, like myself, normally I don't have uh, breakfast. Uh, you see, I stay in my kuti, spend a lot of time, uh, and uh, basically just come up for lunch and go back to the monastery, go back to my kuti straight away. Uh, yeah. So um, some of the monks, they do do fasting. They might maybe just have breakfast only, or, or, or just fast for one or two days, or even three days. So fasting is a way of um, letting go of our attachment to, um, to what we need. Because food can be a great source of um, attachment for a lot of people, and also a lot of desire. So food is sometimes food for monastic is is um is quite important because we eat to maintain this body so we can um continue to practice in this path but sometimes i find that if i don't eat too much or if i eat little or um go do fasting yeah once in a while it's actually actually good for our health but sometimes when we overeat it right it can lead to a lot of health problems so a lot of people these days, uh, I do a lot of fasting, uh, but there's a lot of benefit uh, in fasting uh, because um, you basically lower your weight. Uh, you um, also uh, control the diabetes, things like that, and also it can help to um, uh, lessen a lot of illness or sickness. Uh. So fasting is, is a great way of um, improving health. Uh. And I heard that people that fast, uh, um, they have um, less sickness, uh, and they live longer. And for monastic, we do like um, intermediate fasting. So sometimes we just have breakfast only, or we just only have lunch only. Then we don't eat anything for the rest of the day and the afternoon into the next day at, at dawn. So fasting is actually good. But when we fast, we find that we have more energy, um, our body feels lighter, and our five senses become sharper. We can see more, we can hear more, and um, the mind become more awake. So um, it's just sharper our senses. But sometimes if we eat too much, we can feel very heavy, and um, feel like we're a bit um, bloated, and um, a bit drowsy. So we tend to tend, might tend to sleep more often. So we eat if we eat less, we have more energy to basically um, um, do do more practice. But sometimes, um, we, what we find that people like that go fasting, they find that when they do a long period of fasting, um, they find that they, 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 they have this lightness in the body, and also um, they feel quite ecstatic. But sometimes, for um, long period of fasting, it's always good to um, um, seek help from an expert. Because usually for the monks, sometimes we just do short fasting, not to do too many long fasting. If it's unsafe, if it's not done properly. Yeah. For the but for the monks, we do fasting almost every day. Yeah, intermediate fasting. Yeah. So um, yeah. spending time alone in in our kuti, yeah. it's it's good time to reflect la, and deepen our meditation. As a member, when I first ordained as a Anigarika and, and a June and as a trainee and a junior um, novice monk and a junior monk uh, like sometimes um, during the range retreat uh, we spend so much time uh, 
myself, Nakutia, uh, or Mangshatla. We find that sometimes the meditation might not um, do well because sometimes when we are by, by ourselves, we, we find that um, things like our past does come, do come up. And um, we think a lot about our past, what happened before, long time ago. And um, yeah, so those thoughts do come out. So also, we, sometimes we worry about the future. Anxiety do come out. So all this worry and concern, we tend not to get caught up with it. Because the mind is like a monkey mind. Sometimes when things are peaceful, um, yeah, we feel at ease. When the meditation is doing well, um, it's always great to spend a lot of time by itself. But sometimes after a few days, um, our mind can go all over the place. And sometimes it leads to a lot of emotional turmoil that arises when things are not doing very well. But for monastic, uh, we sit with it and we, we wash our mind. And we wash the condition of our mind, condition of our heart. And we learn basically not to follow all this emotional um, turmoil that arises. So for all monastic, it's not easy staying like maybe 24 hours by yourself, sometimes up to seven days. Because during the, the range retreat, um, sometimes we, we go for silent retreat. And other monastic will just fill our, our our lunch, our arms bowl, and bring bring our our arms bowl. Um, just leave it outside the sangha house, and I come over and pick it up, and go straight back to my kutia or the monk's hut. So sometimes I spend like many days or many hours by myself, not speaking to anyone. So I remember in the beginning, my first few years of training, it was very difficult and very hard. Because sometimes it feel like I was mentally going mad in my, in my head. All these uncontrollable thoughts, emotion and thoughts, memories. And it's basically it's just this old karma that was coming up. So, um, so sometimes all we do is just sit and uh, basically ride out the, um, the storm in our mind. So for monastic, meditation is not always doing well. Sometimes it can, it can be so intense, uh, it feels like we're going going crazy or going mad in our head. Uh. But it's fine, this is this is normal to the practice. So after being a, mon a monastic for like over 10 years, uh, we learn to uh, sit with, with a crazy mind uh, and learn to make peace, make it quiet, allow things to be content. Uh, because when the mind is calm, peaceful and quiet. There's a lot of peace, happiness and freedom. When when there's stillness in the mind, then we can see all these thoughts, all this emotion. We learn not to get caught with it. We let it free. Then when we let, let the crazy mind go and calm the mind, then this concept of non-self, we realize is the self uh, that is driving all this unhappiness in the mind. And when we let go uh, of, of our emotion, especially our thoughts, uh, and deepen our meditation, uh, 
when there's just calm awareness and stillness, uh, then we can see things more clearly. Because for a lot of people in the world, uh, because the five senses of seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touch, this conditioning uh, is very strong uh, in all of us. Uh, so we will always seek for happiness, uh, desire, attachment within the world. Uh, and this will lead to suffering, great source of suffering. But as for monastic, we live very simply, we wear a simple robe. Um, we don't have a family, most are, but monastic, we're celibate. So um, we learn to go deep in, go deep into our mind and our heart and work with all these defilements that arise. Because this is basically just all karma that's arising in our heart. But year by year, moment by moment, we sit and work with it through our meditation to calm our senses, calm the mind, yep. and allow the peace, contentment, and tranquility to come arise in our heart and mind. So this is basically meditation. Because when, when our mind is calm and peaceful, then our awareness will rise. It's just the stillness of the mind. So when the mind is calm, peaceful and still, then we can see all these defilements that comes and go. And we can understand all this is just this attachment to the world through the five senses. And it leads all, all the way back to the mind. That's why in Buddhism, non-self is very, is a very powerful reflection. And we realize if there's a self and if there's an I, there's, there's a great source of suffering. If, if we see that there's no one there, it's just an empty process of cause and condition, then wisdom will arise. So when there's wisdom, we don't learn to let go of the I and the self quicker and easily. And then the meditation will become deeper. Yeah. That reminds me of a story. Ajahn Chah, when, he was, when Ajahn Chah was younger, was, was a younger monk, maybe a few wassail. He used to go in deep in the forest and sit and meditate, do meditation, practice a lot in, in the forest. Because he find the forest where it's away from the busyness of the monastery, busyness of, of, um, of um, yeah, this lay people. Because as the monastic, sometimes we have to serve the lay people. So we go out to the town and do like um, just religious um, services. Uh. Yeah. So sometimes monks like to go deep in the monastery, deep in the forest to practice. Uh. So one place that Ajahn Chah likes to do is to go in the forest and just sit meditation under a tree by himself. Uh. And when he um, go back to the village, uh, the village will be so noisy. Uh, and there's busyness of, of, of what's happening in the village. Uh. And he used to get um, quite upset uh, and he's saying that, oh, all this noise uh, in the village is disturbing me. Uh, <laughs> Say, so, I wish you can go back to the forest. Uh. But he stopped and reflected uh, on what's happening in his mind and his heart. Uh, and he realized uh, it's not the noise that was dis disturbing him. Uh, it was that uh, he was disturbing the noise. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, so he realized sometimes 
it's good uh, not to disturb the noise. Uh. So what it meant was don't allow his mind uh, to get distracted or disturbed by what's happening uh, through the five senses, through the ear, uh, that leaves the mind. Uh. Yeah. So one thing that when a person first ordained and um, the Buddhists say uh, this, this some reflection for ones that have gone forward. Those, these are the 10 reflections for a monk that we should reflect again and again when they go into the, the robe to practice the, um, the Noble Eightfold Path. The first one is, my status has changed. So many is, as a monastic we reflect, I'm not a lay person anymore. I am a monastic. So I'm very different. So my behavior should be like as a monastic. Second reflection is my very life depends on the gifts of others. So as a monastic, if we practice well and we behave well, then our lay supporters will support us in our practice. And the third reflection is I should behave differently to others, basically to the first one. Basically, now as a monastic, our conduct and behavior should be pure according to Avinaya and according to the, to the Dharma practice. So we should not like engage in behavior by lay people. Yeah. And the fourth reflection is, do I blame myself for any moral lapse? So, as a monastic, during the, especially in the Wassail, sometimes we reflect back and back, have our behavior have been pure? Have we behaved um, um, improper, but barely speech and mind? So this is very important, because when we reflect back in how we behave, uh, then we can always make improvement to um, basically purify our action, speech and mind. That leads to happiness uh, because sometimes if we overwork, we might get a bit tired and uh, get a bit tempered uh, and uh, basically get in the argument with other people uh, in the monastery uh, and also to our monastic um, practitioner. Uh. And the um, fifth reflection to my wise, to, to my wise fellow monks blame me for any moral lapse. So yeah, so sometimes we have to like look at, reflect back on our own behavior and what other monastic think, think of what we do in the monastery. As sometimes it's good to stay by yourself. When you stay by yourself, you're away from, away from other monastic. But sometimes when you stay by yourself alone for too long, um, we tend to lose sight yeah, of um, our own um, um, mis mis miscoming, yeah, or we say um, our, our own behavior. Yeah. Sometimes our fellow monastic yeah, might see our faults in us, yeah, and they they can basically advise us yeah, to improve and be a better monastic. Yeah. If we uh, spend too much time by ourselves, yeah, we might not improve. Yeah. 
we might get stuck. That's why staying in a community is very important. Sometimes it's always good to have guidance for other monastic. That's why for myself it's very important. Uh, time to time I go back to the main monastery and uh, be with other monks. For Simbodiano Monastery, there's up to about 25 monks there. And then we have senior monks like Arjun Brown, Arjun Pamali, Arjun Apia. And sometimes they give very good advice if I uh, misbehave myself or do anything silly, yeah, they can actually let me know. Yeah. So having um, um, calamala meters yeah, um, or good friends in the holy life yeah, is very important for monastic. Yeah. And also the sixth reflection yeah, is um, for monastic. Yeah, all that is pleasing yeah, to me will decay and dis disappear. Yeah. yeah, so it's good. Sometimes we reflect everything's impermanent. Our friends, our family, our parents, even sometimes even the monastery. Yeah, and so our supporters. Nothing lasts. So all our good friends, our families, sometimes they will leave this world. Yep. This is the law of nature. Because once a person is born, they will get older get sicker and pass away. So that's why it gives a lot of urgency, urgency to our practice. Especially in in this world now, with, with the problem of the world, with the coronavirus, with climate change, with um, more and more population increase. So that tend to lead to more, more problems in the world. So all these things are always uncertain and, and always changing basically impermanent so time and time time can time again and again we reflect how how things are going and not to waste our time and the seventh reflection is I am the owner of my karma heir to my karma born from my karma related to my karma and all karma as my refuge. Whatever skillful or or evil karma I do, of that I will be the heir. So it's very important for um, a monastic to realize that if we do anything yeah, skillful and unwholesome, we have to bear our karma. So it's always good just to do good acts by speech and mind because sometimes it's very easy to um, make unwholesome karma but also it's even harder to make good karma and the eighth reflection is the days and nights are realizing passing how well am I spending my time so that's quite important for monastic to reflect um, time is, is actually moving really faster as the older we get. So, um, yeah, how am I spending my time in the monastery and by myself? So, um, am I wasting my time? Or should I be um, doing more study, or doing more practice? Mm -hmm. And the ninth reflection is, do I delight in solitude or not? Yeah. So, for a monastic, Solitude is very important. So we don't spend too much time hanging around uh, with too many other people uh, or monastic. Uh, 
wasting time in too many discussion or worldly things. And if we do discussion, do any discussion, it should be on Dharma practice. Yeah, but not on gossip too much. Or just just happening, what's happening in the world. <laughs> and the uh, the ten reflections quite important. Have I attained any state of a um, state of super um, super super? We'll say what I mean is do um, among ordain any state la, of awakening or or should I be embarrassed if questioned on my dead bed by our fellow monks? So that's why the only time that we can talk about our deep meditation or in or any of our attainment is when when we are dying in our bed. So when we're dying in our bed if our teachers or other monks ask us before we pass away, do you delight in solitude? Do you like do you delight being by yourself? Do you delight in meditation? Do you delight in deep meditation? Like in especially in um in the meditation of the mind, in bliss, in contentment, uh, in um, um, basically um, blissful meditation, jhana meditation, and have any awakening or any insight in um, um, basically rebirth. But sometimes when we go into deep meditation, we can remember our past life. So I met some monks have remembered their past life uh, or any state of awakening uh, or enlightenment state. So you see uh, as a monastic, uh, we don't talk about these states at all to um, to anyone, uh, especially to lay people uh, or to some, sometimes to other monastic. Uh, but to our teacher, uh, it's, it's okay to talk about, talk about these kind of states. Uh, but when we... Only time that we talk about it to other monastics when we are we are dying in our last moment. Then it's okay to talk about this practice. Yeah. So these ten things or ten reflection for a monk that have gone forward that we should reflect again and again. Yeah. Sangha is very important. I mean, when we have a Sangha here, we, um, it's a com- community of practitioners. We practice together and we support one another in our practice. Yeah. So sometimes people, lay people that are not Buddhist, they will ask, what's the benefit of having um, monks and nuns in the world? Like, basically, we don't really work. We don't earn money. We don't have a family. Yeah? Uh, we stay by ourselves. Um, sometimes we even stay alone uh, most of the time. Uh, and sometimes people sometimes meet in the street. Let's like, say, God, please go and get a job. Uh, what are you doing? Doing nothing at home uh, or in the monastery. Uh, yeah. But there is a purpose in this holy life. Uh, because um, we do have to really sit and practice and overcome our attachment 
and our defilements in our heart through the five senses. So when we sit and when we practice and and when all this emotional turmoil arises in our heart, we learn to calm our mind and let it go and develop wisdom. So when we live a pure life, live a life of peace and harmony and contentment, then when a lay person seeing a Buddhist monk or a Buddhist nun, they see we are a being or a monastic that is living this um, pure life of non-attachment, especially to greed, hatred and delusion. So basically it's a great example to um, to everyone. So it's a great example especially to lay people, when in a time of difficulty. So one of the benefits of having a Sangha is, um, yeah, we do give direction and um, to living a peaceful livelihood, a great example to everyone that's interested living this, this um life of peace, happiness, and freedom. So lay people do come and see the the monastic and seek for guidance and direction to live a simple and and peaceful life. So the monks monks and nuns are a great example. So it does give an opportunity for um, our lay supporters and also, even non-Buddhists, uh, in times of turmoil, uh, uncertainty, uh, to seek for guidance for monks. Uh. And that's one reason why monks and nuns uh, give Dharma talks. Uh. Mm. But also also for our um, Buddhist um, supporters' family, uh, if their uncles, their friends, even their kids, if they need teaching or seek teaching and direction advice from monastic. But due to COVID now, a lot of the functions or activities, a service in the Buddhist society of Victoria is on hold at the moment, temporarily. But once all the restrictions are lifted, then one of the services that we give there is regular Dharma talks, giving the precept. Um, and reminding people uh, on the three refuges and the three precepts, uh, and also uh, um, we the um, we conduct conduct service uh, to um, to the young Buddhists, uh, the kids and the children from our Buddhist families and supporters, uh, because we have regular class then on Sunday. Uh, so when the kids do come, uh, um, they are conditioned uh, by uh, the Buddhist teaching, uh, because as they are young, they're growing up. Uh, they are conditioned by, by the world, uh, by the worldly things, uh, brainwashed by the world, uh, basically just to um, achieve and to get what's required uh, and be the best they can be in the worldly point. Uh. But the good thing about, about the Sangha, uh, we condition uh, our lay supporters, uh, especially young kids, uh, develop um, kindness, compassion, gentleness in our heart. Uh. So as a monk, as a monastic, our job is to help 
help and support our, our lay practitioner so they condition themselves in a wholesome way yeah? that will lead to great happiness in the future because being a monk for 10 years uh, sometimes we see a lot of our Buddhist supporters the kids come out they come to the monastery they go to Dharma school and you see them grow up uh, they, they're quite happy and um, yeah and as they get older uh, go to university yeah? get married or sometimes get divorced have different different jobs and very different um, when they have a very difficult time and they always realize the Sangha is always there and they need help or advice they always feel safer to come just to see Ajahn Brown or to see any of the senior monks or to see any monks that's in the stay in this monastery yeah monks and nuns ask for guidance guidance yep in uh, practice, in virtue, in precept, and in meditation. Uh. So it's great uh, to always see the benefit uh, of, of, of a Sangha, uh, and it does bring a lot of faith uh, and happiness uh, to a lot of people uh, all over the world. Uh. But also, the good thing about having a Sangha here uh, um, is brings like blessing to um to lay people and allow lay people to make merit for the Sangha. So they cut some of the lay people come here during their birthday. Sometimes they have wedding, blessing or a special occasion. So this one benefit having a Sangha. But the most important thing is just guidance in one's spiritual practice and growth to the monastic life and to the Buddhist, Buddhist Dharma teaching or Dharma and Vinaya yeah. the training of the heart and the mind in goodness and purity so this one reason why it's good to have a monastery if there's more monastery all over the world it will, it will be great Hmm. Well, anyway, instead of um, talking too much, yeah, sometimes it's good to tell a story. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I've been reflecting on on s some of the stories that Ajahn Brown tells, yeah, and there was a good story yeah, that I heard maybe over a year ago. Yeah. So uh, I I can't remember the detail, yeah, but roughly. Yeah, what the story is about so yeah so this story is about a monk um, staying up in the mountain or up in the hill and the a baby girl hmm. so this story starts so in in Asia there was um, this simple monk that was staying up in the mountain living by himself he was a simple monk just practicing and doing his duties mind his own business so he spent a lot of time by himself and don't really get disturbed by anyone until one day so one day there was a um a girl staying in the village and um he was having a relationship to with one of these um friend boyfriend and the relationship got very close yep and uh, one time he got so close 
that um yeah just things things tends to happen uh, when you have young people together uh, and um the young the two young person uh, um the the girlfriend got uh, pregnant uh, and she got so worried uh, or she got pregnant uh, and she told her boyfriend uh, that um that she got pregnant uh, and the boyfriend got so worried and and so afraid and so scared uh, that he actually ran away uh, and after he ran away uh, um, the girl was so worried and was going, oh no, what can I do? La? If I tell my parents, uh, they'll get really angry with me. Uh. Oh, so I need to find, find a, uh, a escape goat, uh, someone to, uh, to blame. Uh. So, uh, so, so the, the young girl told her parents uh, that, oh, I'm, I'm pregnant. Uh. And the parents got really angry. Uh. They say, what? You got pregnant? But you're so young. And you're not even married, la. Oh, what have you done, la? And the parents got so angry, and they say, "Who is it, la? Who'd have done this to you, la?" And and the girl got so worried, because he does. She don't want to get her boyfriend into trouble, la. So it's just out of um, um, lack of um, desperation or mindfulness, la. She say, "Oh, is that um, is that old monk up in the up in the hill, la?" And. <laughs> And the village people, and the parents got so angry. Oh, jeez. Oh, that monk. Okay, we'll go. We'll all go up there. So the um, so the parents and the whole village, um, gang, <laughs> crew, and with the young girl, took took the um, took the girl up to the up into the hills, up into the mountains to see that that simple old monk staying staying in a little hermitage. And they went there, they saw, they caught the monk and they scolded the monk. They say, you, you sick, dirty old monk, look what you have done to this, this poor village girl. You should know better. What kind of monk you are? You want dirty old monk, <laughs> sick monk. So the, so the village people scolded and, and yelled and abused that, that poor old monk. Oh. Well, anyway, so that monk, it was quite simple. Uh, it, was, it was practicing meditation and contentment, equanimity. Uh, so all he, all he said was, Oh, so, oh, so, yeah, so, so. <laughs> so after that, uh, after the um, the lay people uh, and the parents uh, scolded uh, and yelled uh, and abused the monk uh, verbally, uh, um, yeah, they, they all left and went down to the village. Uh, so after a few months, uh, the um, the young girl gave birth to a um, a newborn baby baby girl, and uh, yeah. So after giving birth uh, to the baby baby girl, uh, the whole village um, gang uh, or tribe uh, all went up to the um, to the hill to see that simple monk, uh, and they went there and they continued abusing the monk. Uh, Okay, we're all back here, you, you, you sick monk, <laughs> you, you pathetic monk. Okay, since what you have done to this, to, to our daughter, please take care of the um, baby girl. It's your responsibility, since, since what you have done, please take care of the baby girl. This is your responsibility now. Yeah. So the monk say, oh, well, there's nothing he can do. So I say, oh, also, 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 oh, okay.
<laughs> yeah. So the, the monk took the baby girl and uh, yeah, care for it. Uh, because as a monastic, uh, sometimes we celebrate, we give give up the worldly life. We live simply. Yeah. And uh, but what happened? The um, the village people blame the monk for what have happened to the to the to the to their daughter. Uh, and basically, uh, it is the responsibility uh, of the, the monk to take care of the child, the, especially a baby girl. And the, the monks have never taken care of a child before. Uh. But luckily, uh, he's, the monk is quite resourceful. He managed to um, um, trap and find some goats in the mountain. So he can basically just milk, milk some milk from the goat uh, and basically feed the, feed the uh, baby girl. Uh. Mm. When the, all the village people left, went back to the village, yeah, they say, okay, it's the monk's responsibility. They can take care of the babies now. <laughs> but the, um, the young girl, after giving birth to the child, she was so unhappy. She missed her daughter so much that she was basically heartbroken. So uh, she can't stand it anymore. So one time, she confessed to the parents uh, and said that, oh, no, 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 it's, it's not, it's not the, um, that old monk up there, he's not the father, um, it's the, the young, um, young person, uh, boy that I was seeing, uh, that he is the father, uh, because he was my boyfriend, uh, so he, com she confessed about the real person, uh, the, the, the covered uh, for the um the father of the child uh. so as soon as the the um the parents heard about it uh, and the rest of the village people heard about it, they got so guilty uh, and so upset uh, that they they went and um abused and and complained to the monk uh, and blamed the, the monk uh, for all or everything that happened to the child uh, and they realized they made the mistake uh, so the the whole village all went up there again, and they see the um, the old monk up there. They got they ask for forgiveness. They bend down. They they went down their knees. They bow three times. The whole village, especially the young daughter, and ask for forgiveness and say, "Oh, please, 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 venerable, please, please forgive me for coming over, blaming you, for." For what happened to our daughter and giving all this verbal abuse eh, to you, eh. please, venerable sir, eh. we have made very, very bad karma. Please, please forgive us eh, for our um, miscoming. Eh. We will, we will, we'll, we'll take back the, the baby, baby girl eh, and, and uh, take care of her. Eh. And yeah, please forgive us eh, for everything that we have done. Eh. And so the, um, the old monk, so he just said, oh, so, oh, so, oh, so, so. Let, let things be. <laughs> yeah. So the moral of the story, yeah. yeah. As a monastic, so um, whatever happens, we just accept things. If it's good, we accept it. If it's bad, we accept things. We accept things as they, as they are. Because as long as we are born in this world, good things happen, bad things happen. This is the nature of the world. And sometimes there's nothing we can do. La. Yes. Yeah, even as a monastic, uh, 
coming to Newbury Buddhist Monastery, I've learned a lot, le, I mean, saying in Bodhiyana Monastery, we are protected le, by Ajahn Brown le, and the senior monks. Yeah. Coming to Newbury Buddhist, oh. Buddhist Monastery, yeah, in the beginning, yeah, I came here le, because, because I was staying in Bodhiyana le, for something like seven years. Le. So after seven years le, in the monastery, I was getting very restless le, and um, yeah, quite um, discontent uh, with the monastery uh, because I was staying there too long. So um, yeah, so I spoke to Ajahn Brown and I said, maybe it's time for me to uh, move on uh, and just uh, stay in other monastery. Ajahn Brown said, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've been here long enough. Uh, just go and check out the monastery. So um, yeah, so I left Bodhiyana uh, after seven years staying there uh, and I went to three monasteries. Uh, the first monastery I went to was Wat Bodhidharma Monastery. I stayed there for um, six, six, yeah, about ten, ten weeks. Uh. Then after that, I went to Sandin Monastery and stayed for um, roughly two weeks. And it's there where I went, met um, Richard. Uh. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and me and Richard become very good friends. Uh. And I did mention to Richard, uh, if you ever get bored or get sick of the monastery, yeah. Just like me, uh, you're always welcome uh, to come down and stay in Newbury Buddhist Monastery. Uh. Yes, and he came over here uh, three years ago, uh, and it's been a great part of the community, uh, and we're very happy and grateful to have Richard with us. Uh, but it's been a great part of the, of the community here, uh, and uh, I think the Sangha here are very lucky uh, to have Richard here, uh, because he's got a lot of experience uh, staying in the monastery uh, and taking care of monks uh, and especially nuns. Uh. Yes. Vasanti Monastery was mainly a nuns monastery. Yeah. Yeah. So I stayed in, in Santi for like yeah. roughly two weeks. Uh. So after two weeks, uh, I went to Newbury Buddhist Monastery because I went there just to basically check out the monastery, but mainly to come came down to um, support Bhante Jack. Bhante Jack was a good friend of mine. So I came in to give him a hand because I knew that he was starting a new monastery and he needed a lot of help. Uh. So I came over uh, to support him uh, for uh, roughly six weeks uh, for the grand opening. Uh, so I realized that he needed a lot of help. Uh, so I came over to support him. Uh, but after staying for um, six weeks, uh, I realized that, wow, there's so much work here. Uh, so much busyness uh, setting up this monastery. Uh, that I decided to stay on uh, for three months. Uh, and, I, and I promised Bhante Jack and, and I will pay Kerala that I'll come back every single year uh, to uh, support both of them, uh, to support um, this project, uh, to make sure that the monastery is built and established. Uh. Then one, after it's built and established, uh, and the monks and the nuns have their own place, uh, then I'll retire uh, and go back to Bodhiyana Monastery. Uh. But after staying um, for a few years uh, in New Buddhist Monastery, uh, and after that, Panti Jack decided to move on and do something else. Then um, basically, the nuns and the committee say that, oh, Pante, please, please support us. Please take care of the community. And I'm going, what? I'm just a baby junior monk. What do I know? Oh, okay, no worries. Okay, so I just accept it. Okay, I'll try my best. And um, to support this community. So after six years, uh, this place is built, uh, and it's running very well. Uh, so uh, yeah, 
I'm very happy and quite proud. The things managed to um to um turn around very well. So we do have a um a beautiful monastery here and a very nice community. So this year is probably one of my best wasa um saying Buddhist new very Buddhist monastery. Yeah. And from the feedback of the monastic and the nuns and the lay people that comes here, they say this is really feel like a really nice quiet forest monastery. Okay, so it's ten o'clock. Yeah. yeah. So um yeah, so please forgive me yeah, if um this is a really boring Dharma talk yeah, because I'm not a um study stu- study monk. Yeah. So I don't spend a lot of time uh, studying the suttas uh, too much uh, because um, you see the Ashan Bamali uh, and other monks, uh, um, they are um, basically uh, expert in Pali uh, and, and Vinaya. Uh. I mean, for myself, I just like to practice uh, and work. Uh, so uh, yeah, so um, I'm not not intellectual monastic. Uh. So please forgive me. Uh. If, um, if I say anything wrong, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if it's too boring, yeah. so please, uh, you're welcome for any question and answer. Thank you, Bante. Yeah, so far we have one question. Oh, good. So the question is, what is the reason to do anything after you learn to stop reacting your needs and wants? Or if you do not have anything to do, do nothing, as Ajahn Brahm says? Yes, it's very important. Sometimes um, we calm our mind, we steal our mind. And when, when that happens, um, when, when there's a lot of contentment and there's a lot of peace, and the mindfulness will rise, then the mind will see what is wholesome and what is unwholesome, and what leads to suffering. And what leads to um, happiness? So when when we purify our actions, speech, and mind, then we develop wisdom. So with the wisdom, there's a rise in the heart and the mind. So when we do things, um, we do it with um, with right understanding. So we do things properly. They're skillful. They'll lead to happiness. For other people, uh, and especially to ourselves, uh, so it brings happiness uh, to everyone. Uh, so that's why it's very important. As a monastic, as a lay people, we have responsibility and duties towards our family, towards our friends, towards our work, towards our society. As for monastic, uh, we have duties towards the sangha and towards our lay practice practitioners and, and supporters. Uh. So when we do things, uh, we do it that will lead to happiness uh, to all, all beings. Uh. So when it's done skillfully, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's done properly. Yeah. Yep. So sometimes as a monastic and a practitioner, uh, it's good to um, do nothing uh, and to practice and to pray for the mind, uh, to, uh, to free our mind from our attachment. Uh. But sometimes outside of meditation, uh, and when we're not alone, we have other duties to perform. So it's it's a very important to do things skillfully. So when you, when you do things skillfully, with a pure heart, 
We have pure intention. Uh, it leads to happiness. Uh, when it leads to happiness, uh, when we finish our duties, we finish our tasks, we go back to our room and we go back to meditation. Uh, we have a, a happy heart uh, and, a, and a content heart uh, that we know that we did things properly and right. Yeah? Mm. I hope that answers the questions. I think that was probably the only question so far. Mm. Perhaps we've got a bit of time. I just mentioned one or two comments, if I could. Yes. Uh, thank you, Bante. It's always interesting to hear the lives of bhikkhus and bhikkhunis. Mm -hmm. One comment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hello, Bante. I think you are going well, considering you probably had to wake up and start the talk an hour earlier mm -hmm. due to the start of the daylight saving. Yes. So they are people, you know, a lot of express their mm. appreciation for your talks today. Oh, no worries. It's my pleasure. I meet, I, I, I basically give simple Dharma talks. Uh, and sometimes I reflect again and again, uh, why am I giving a talk? <laughs> I ordained us to be a simple forest monk, uh, to do a lot of practice uh, and just to support community. Uh, and um, sometimes a lot of fear uh, do arise when you have to give Dharma talks to lay people, uh, sometimes we reflect that maybe what we say is not skillful, uh, it's not proper, or um, other people might listen to it and they might realize that no, this 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 monk is talking rubbish uh, or nonsense. Uh. So all these uh, defilements do come in 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 like in my heart and also uh, also in other monastic. Uh. So um, giving public talks uh, or dharma talks, uh, a lot of fear do arise. Uh in in a practitioner sometimes we have to learn to sit down to watch in our heart and our mind why this fear and, and reflection this this fear is arising in our heart but i was um i heard on the documentary they say that um perfect um speaking yeah, talks yeah, is is one of the most difficult things yeah, for a human being to do yeah. So I realized, oh, geez, so it's, it's not easy yeah, giving Dharma talks, yeah, especially to, to a big crowd of community yeah, or people yeah, or lay supporters. Because I remember when I first came here, yeah, uh, after staying in Bodhiyana Monastery for a long time, and uh, when Panticha and I were because of way, yeah, sometimes we have up to about 50 people come yeah, to stay. Uh, I, mean, I mean, to come and offer dana, yeah, and some do stay in the monastery. Yeah, and they come in to support the community. So it's always nice to give a, uh, some guidance uh, and a Dharma talk. Uh, and when I first um, gave um, Dharma talks here uh, to a community of um, um, people coming here to support the community, I was quite nervous. Uh, I was going, oh, it's like, almost like I was shaking yeah, uh, on, on my hand. Uh, and there was like almost like a, um, a sick feeling in my stomach. Uh, I realized it was coming from uh, anxiety, fear, and worry. Yeah. So I say, oh, okay. I just have to um, have a positive mind and let go of this unhappy um, emotion and feeling. Yeah. So after giving, giving Dharma talks for a while, I realized that just, just try my best. I might, something might not come out well. Uh, so it might, it might not be um, the best of my ability, yeah, but all I did is just try it. Yeah. Because I sometimes I reflect why the reason why I'm giving a Dharma talk is mainly just to um to um to help help people uh, that need guidance and benefit. Uh. Because when I when I first give a Dharma talk in Malaysia uh, when I was still like 
uh, one was a monk, yeah, been in Rome for like three years. Yeah. And um, I was just visiting my family yeah, in Malaysia and my friend was there and he was giving a, a um, conducting a, a retreat for the weekend and some Dharma talk. Yeah. And he invited me yeah, to uh, basically to help support his retreat. Yeah. So so I just gave some Dharma talk. It's pretty simple. Yeah. And after the Dharma talk, yeah, uh, some people came up to me and said that they got a lot of benefit out of it. Yeah. And I go, oh, I was pretty happy. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it much, yeah, but oh, it's good that people got benefit out of it. Yeah. And one time I was asked to give some talks yeah, and guidance to uh, three people that was dying. Yeah, and they have terminal sickness yeah, and they didn't have long to live. Yeah. So I go, oh, jeez, I'm not really qualified yeah, to um, give this kind of talks yeah, or guidance to people yeah, that are basically really unwell, yeah, sick and dying. Yeah. Should be someone like Ashin Brown yeah, or anyone that have 20 Wasser. Yeah. But anyway, I try myself, try my best in the way. But the feedback from the person afterwards yeah, and from the, our supporter was, um, they found a lot of benefit from what I, I, I gave and I teach yeah. And one person, after giving them guidance, uh, they say that, um, yeah, she was very peaceful. Uh, um, into the time she passed away, uh, and the feedback from her friends was, she used to be a uh, very um, unhappy uh, and um, angry person, uh, fought very full finding. Uh, but after the guidance, she just become very happy and peaceful. Uh, into the day she passed away. Uh, and also another person that she got cancer twice, uh, and um, she said on the retreat, she was she was the only person to have the deepest meditation. And I asked what was happening in her meditation. And she said that her mind became very peaceful. And um, yeah, she got into very deep meditation where her body disappeared. Her mind became very still. And she, she saw this really bright light that arise in the mind. Yep, so this is just the reflection of the mind. So normally... A person, for all of us, uh, when a person passes away, yeah, when this, and uh, when our five senses shut down, when our mind becomes very still, then when we depart from this world, uh, sometimes people with near-death experience they describe this bright light that arises in the mind. So it's basically a reflection of our mind. So, but in the Buddhist, in Buddhist um, practice, uh, we know that. This is just, just a reflection of mind. When we calm the body, when we still the mind, when we shut down our five sense, senses in deep meditation, when the mind is very calm and very peaceful, then the mind will arise naturally in deep meditation. Sometimes it will arise in the form of light. So for Buddhist meditation practitioner, this is normal for some of us. We, we, we go so deep in our meditation, these things will arise. But most people, they don't have that. Yeah. One question just came up. Yes. Um, how would you cope with meditation if you have tinnitus, which is, you know, the thing to do with uh, ringing in the ears? Oh, okay. That is normal. That's very normal. I mean, before I practice meditation, I have a lot of ringing in my, in my ear. And I realized it was just stress stress anxiety and also not not sleeping properly yeah so the, the ringing was was quite strong yeah so I thought I was going going crazy yeah so when I started doing meditation yeah, and calm the mind down yeah, 
then the, the range becomes less and less and less and less and less. Uh. But these days, uh, and if I go into meditation, uh, and everything becomes very, very, very quiet, uh, especially up in the monastery, uh, in, in, in the really quiet kuti here, uh, then I find that sometimes the ringing do arise again, and I realize, oh, okay, the ring has come back. Uh, but it's, it's not a as before. Uh, sometimes it's very subtle. Uh, and sometimes it's very, it's very soothing. Uh, so this ringing is, is, is quite wrong. Uh, it's quite normal. Uh, it comes back and comes and goes. Uh, and uh, when, the, when, the, um, when our mindfulness becomes quite strong, uh, our senses become also quite strong too. And sometimes these, these sound or ringing uh, do arise. Uh, Yep. So when it when it comes out, like we're aware of it, and we just understand it's just it's just the mind doing stuff. Uh, yep. So when as a lay person, uh, the ring was there all the time, so um, it was pretty intense. Uh, but now it does arise, uh, but it's 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 not so intense before. Uh, it's more refined ringing. It's, it's more subtle. Uh, so um, I spoke to Ajahn Ram before, uh, and he says it's just normal. Uh, it's just the brain doing stuff. Uh, and um, I spoke to some of the um, monks and also practitioners. Uh, they say this is normal. It's just, it says it's sound limiters because um, for a monastic uh, or for a practitioner, uh, there is um, the sign of the mind. Uh, so the sign of the mind uh, or the mental image, uh, sometimes it's a form of a light, sometimes it's a form of objects, form of places. And one thing that's quite, quite common uh, is sound limiters. Sound limiters is something, sometimes you can hear um, sound, you can hear music, and sometimes you can hear um, voices, and sometimes you can hear um, ringing. And when things arise, we, we learn not to um, um, get too caught up with it la, and just let it go. La. Don't get attached to all the sound, mental image, yeah, and stuff that arise in the mind. La. Because sometimes um, when Buddhist practitioners, when they do, do a lot of meditation, la, they find that Mental image do arise, sound do arise, and sometimes even smell do arise. Sometimes you can be sitting, do meditation, and you might smell something like a nice coffee. Oh, or you might smell something, someone smoking. Oh, or even flowers. Yeah, it's just the mind projecting all this stuff. <laughs> and it's quite common because um, when, when the mind becomes calmer and peaceful, Everything's shut down. The mind would, would tend to generate another world. So when they generate a, a, another world uh, within within the conscience, uh, all these interesting things come up. Uh, you see visions, you see different worlds, you hear things, you smell things. Um, some, a lot of interesting sensations do arise up in the body. Uh, so all these things do arise in the, in this terrain of meditation. But for a skillful practitioner, we learn that all this mental image arises. We learn just to understand it, not to hold on to it, and just let it go. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Bhante. Before we wrap up, just like to mention a couple of comments. Yes. First one, please inform Bhante that his talks are very good, a lot oh, of wisdom. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Bhante. You're, you are very humble and inspiring. Mm. Your talks are very relatable, talking about your life as a layperson. Mm. And finally, your talk is very clear with instruction and remove doubt. Mm. 
So I have no question. Oh. Just put it. Okay, thank you. Those are some. Sometimes it's good to be humble. I mean, sometimes it's good not to be too proud. Because sometimes to be a bit too proud, have a sense of self and can see it. Because when someone is enlightened, fully enlightened, they'll go out to the Buddha and tell the Buddha, "I'm not better. I'm not worse. I'm not the same." Because the concept of non-self is is so important. There's no one there. It's just an empty process. So sometimes when I teach, sometimes it's good to do things properly, yeah. And it's a good talk, and I hope I do help. Sometimes people do get a lot of benefit out of it, lah. But sometimes I reflect, lah. It's just coming from the Buddhist teaching, and um, if I can practice, and if my practice different, I can basically share. Say things in better detail, lah. But always reflect, lah. The reason I'm doing this lah, is for, for the benefit of all beings, lah. And that's one reason why monks and nuns go to other monasteries to to teach other places to teach and to set a monastery yeah, for the benefit and happiness of all beings. Yeah. So sometimes I keep on reflecting on that. Yeah, why, why we are teaching, yeah, and basically to help our help all beings yeah, and the benefit of everyone. Yeah. So um, yeah, sometimes it's good to come and support this monastery, yeah, and. Uh, For the happiness and benefit of all, and to give all these Dharma talks online, because in the beginning I I was quite worried and anxious when I heard that oh we have to go give Dharma talks, and we have to put it online, because due to COVID lah we can't go to the city center lah, so we have to do everything online these days. And I was going oh man, I would tend to be a simple forest monk, not to give Dharma talks online. <laughs> <laughs> But it's okay. As we like, I'm doing this for the benefit of all. Yeah, so it's good. Okay, thank you. Anyway, is um, well now it's lunch time for the monastic, and it's the one of the um, happiest time for the monks to look forward to. First, we only have one meal a day. Yeah, so this is something that the monks look forward to. Um, and sometimes I just reflect myself. I'm just eating eating for not enjoyment to maintain this body. Yeah. So we can try on and practice in this spiritual practice of the Eightfold Path. Yeah, but I mean the food here is really good sometimes. <laughs> and uh, sometimes when my parents go to Bodhiyan Monastery, yeah, it's like we have we have a buffet of food. It's like we have like food from all over different culture. We have Western food, we have Italian food, we have Japanese food, we have Thai food, we have Sri Lankan food. And my mom asked me, oh, now we see, now we understand why you're ordained as a monastic. Because you have so much food there. We have a selection of like 50 to 100 different dishes. And sometimes it's very hard not to enjoy too much with the food. And that's why I say, okay, if I come, if I live in the Yang Monastery and come to uh A poor monastery like New Brain Buddhist Monastery in the beginning, yeah, where there was hardly anything, hardly any support, lah. Ah, oh, okay, it's good, lah. It will, it will restrain my defilements. Uh, I learn and bring a bit of suffering for myself, lah, uh, and let go of my attachment, lah. But after six years, uh, wow, New Brain Buddhist Monastery is doing so well, lah. Sometimes you get up to two hundred people coming. I was going, oh, okay, maybe I should look for another quiet monastery to go and support, lah. But it's okay. I, I. I always come back to this monastery, yeah, because um, this has always been a special place for for me, yeah, coming here, la, and support this community, yeah. Okay, thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs>